Hi, I'm Joe Shelton. I'm a singer, songwriter, and music producer, as well as a software engineer, and most of all, a father with a daughter who recently moved to Scotland. And I'm Bailey, a magazine editor, graphic designer, and illustrator. This podcast is our weekly catch-up. We wanted to share it with you and let you be a part of our family rabble. Fuck, shit, piss. (laughs) Wow. I don't know. Salty to start off the episode today. Just in case those uh, folks out there were needing a good cussing. (laughs) So, so for you listeners, before he hit record, um, I had sworn like two sentences in a row because I was being snarky. And uh, he goes, "Okay, I'm going to start recording now." And I said, "Wait, wait, wait! I have some swears to get out." And then he informed me that I am actually allowed to swear on this show. So I figured I'd. I mean, we have the explicit tag. So, well, I would have hoped so. I just said fuck shit and piss. So, hell damn. If we didn't, damn. Yeah. Oh, a goddamn. Oh my god. God damn. You can say God, but saying God damn is the. Well, I mean, I could say that too. You can say both. We have the explicit tag. I have the explicit tags. But what I'm saying is like one of them. I think you can say, I think you can say damn and it's not explicit. Really? But it's the goddamn that does it. Yeah. I, I pretty much just default to explicit. Well, I would hope so. Yeah. Because you're kind of an explicit guy. I mean, most of the time. None of, none of my records have an explicit tag yet. Yet. Yeah. Well, like, I remember when we were kids, it was like a whole thing where you you swear in front of children because, like... You shouldn't teach kids that swearing is like the end of the fucking world. So, well, also like words that others might consider explicit, like fuck, I don't consider explicit. Mm. But um, that would be also something that's probably a little controversial. Well, I think it is in, in America. Here, everybody swears all the fucking time, <laughs> all the time, constantly. Hey, Scottish you know. people swear so much. They like, I think I've started swearing more just to fit in. Um, and then I've been watching Dairy Girls and it gives me the impression that maybe Irish people swear even more. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of swearing. And since you're part Irish, I guess that works. Oh, am I part Irish? Yes. Well, I, I mean, didn't know that. You're, you're, you're part British, Irish, okay. Scottish. Okay. Cool. How far back uh, is the Irish? About 85% of you. <laughs> Is Irish? I, I don't know. About 85% of me is uh, okay. Br- British, Scottish, and Irish. Uh, oh, okay. But like, I think that you're, you know, you, I, I, I'm not sure because I, uh, you know, you, you had someone else help make you, but half I, of you I is think 85%. That, that. I think that AJ got the like kit sent off at some point and he's, he's told me statistics before. But... Well, but he, he's different from you too. It just depends on what you got. Right. Uh, so, I mean, you, know, you like, might, you might, you might step out there and take the plunge. Eh, I'm all right. Yeah. Okay. I I mean, here, here's the thing about that plunge is like, just based on all the information I have, um, pretty much sure that I'm white, like, like white. Yeah, I think that's what it said on it in bright letters. You are white. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Flashing and, and, and on the screen. It didn't really need to say that to me because I've seen myself I, in a mirror. Yeah, I know. What's weird about living here is like, I'm actually tanner than most of the white people here. 
Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah. Which, like, <laughs> not hard. But you, like, <laughs> you've been in some sun, like, at some point in your life. And, and yeah. Scotland is. Yeah. You know, there's less sun. There's less sun on average, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. here translucent, you know, like. <laughs> I mean, I did enjoy your Snapchat of the like dreary Scottish, partially snowy morning. Yeah, yesterday. it started snowing harder after I sent that snap. It started actually like flaky chunks of snow. Um, But then like right. it all melted. So, you know. Yeah. Very exciting. I mean, melted well, mountains. I think the other side of the country and like once I'm down south, it'll probably snow more like mom and Joe are coming in next week, Monday. Um, uh -huh. And we'll be in London and then Edinburgh and then back to Glasgow. And I'm pretty sure that everywhere else in the country that we will be next week is more likely to have snow than Glasgow. So, Well, nice. So uh, it's going to be a nice long train trip to London to meet them. Yeah, actually, I'm I'm doing the overnight coach on Sunday night next Sunday. Um, I'm Is it like the Hogwarts like, Express or something? No, it's not. There's I can actually go on that train. It's called like the Royal Express or something. And that train actually exists and you can go on it. But um, the one down to London, it's a sleeper coach. I don't think it's like fancy. I think it literally is just like overnight. It's not like and Victorian and ornate. It's like just no, a standard just modern a fucking, train. <laughs> yeah, it's just a fucking train. <laughs> like, um, I'm I'm hoping actually because it's like the red eye, right? Like it's it, I'm hoping that it actually has like the ability to lay down, um, but I'm not quite sure. Well, I just that hope the, that the machine is not on your train because the machine, <laughs> the machine, oh, because the then we'll get robbed. Yes, right on the train. I forgot about that. Yeah, because yeah. you don't want to be robbed. Forgot about that. The machine. Um, I yeah, machine. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, I probably won't get robbed on the train. Like, never say never. But like, I don't. I don't know that I'm a really um, apt target for robbery. I mean, he's not going to be a lucrative target, is what you're saying. <laughs> no, no. I mean, <laughs> they're going to be kind of disappointed. In fact, they might like look through my stuff and go, "Girl, do you need help?" You know what? Like, Here, let me help here's you. Here's ten bucks. It, here's something I grabbed season, out of somebody you know? else's thing. Uh, this this person over here, they had a lot of money. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you twenty because, yeah, you could use Damn. it. Damn. Yeah. Why aren't you with us? Well, you should be helping us. <laughs> do you want to help us? Actually, you you're tall. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, you know, it's hard to find help these days. We, you know, there's low unemployment. We can <laughs> set yeah. you up. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Inflation you know, worst case scenario, a train robbery, it's just another opportunity for me. Uh, no, um, I mean, it's an opportunity to get tossed in jail in a foreign land. Oh, so now yeah, you're against not, it, Mr. Yeah, I suggested I'm, I'm it three minutes pretty ago. Pretty much against it. I'm I'm solidly against it, actually. <laughs> right, but you seemed so um, for, and I now see, you're against. I seemed it's like I was, but to be honest, I wasn't. Yeah, that was. Uh, you know, it was, it, it's it's funny. Um, so we're doing that train down, and then um, we're getting dinner um, with Zach and Sammy, um, my friends for like the past like ten years. Uh, Zach, I've known him forever. Uh, he recently got married to Sammy and then, um, they live outside of London. So I'm going, we're going to get dinner with them, um, next week, Tuesday. 
which will be fun. Um, and then we're heading up to Edinburgh and mom, <laughs> mom and Joe were like kind of concerned about the train situation. And I was like, well, it says that they're not going to have train strikes, so we should be all right. And then, of course, they announced like two days ago. There's going to be a train strike. There's going to be train strikes next week. <laughs> like, it only affects my trains, I'm pretty sure, because it's like the the 14th, 16th, and 17th, um, or 14th, 16th, 18th, or something. So it's like my travel day is going to be a rough one, but theirs are fine. Um, they'll get over it. They will, you know. Yeah, they they get over it. They're, you know, um, they're 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 adults. My parent, my parents. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought for a second you meant the rail workers, and I was like, I mean, everybody is an adult if they're but, in a union. You, you but know, I, I'm certain that there's probably a somewhere in London a, a car rental place if everything goes south. Yeah. So, and train, I'm sure that they uh, are absolutely booked. <laughs> Now it would be really week. interesting to see but, them drive on the left side of the road. Uh, oh, and a and a manual. Cameras. Yeah, pretty much everything is manual here too. Well, Joe could handle that, but if if it if it, <laughs> I don't know. Tammy can't drive a manual. <laughs> I didn't know that Joe could drive stick shift. Uh, yes. yes, I mean it makes sense because he's done like construction stuff. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm. Um, he he wouldn't have any problems with it. Now, yeah. your mother was never uh, able. I mean, I'm not early in our marriage. We had a stick shift vehicle and it was not her forte. Um, I'm going to be real with you. I, it's not my forte. I've never driven. Uh, yeah. Nobody's I, even tried to tell it and tell me, you know, <laughs> like nobody's been <laughs> like, all right, Bailey, let's learn the skill. Like, I was, it hasn't I was more worried about you just staying on the road than worried about that part. You know, I was, I stayed on the road. You know, you've gotten better. That's yeah, true. I would hope that I'm better than the first time I ever drove. What? You know, I, I to be honest, I haven't ridden with you um, yeah. since you were 15. Yeah, I know. You yeah. don't like it when other people drive. Yeah. <laughs> ever. I, w w when, when you were learning to drive, I, w I, w I rode with you. and. Yeah, but I don't think you only rode with me like once or twice. Um, I, there were three or four times. Okay. It was yeah. less than 10. Yeah, it was terrifying. Um, well, I was learning to drive. Yes. And, so. and others volunteered, and I, I'm mm -hmm. thankful for them. <laughs> yeah. They saved, they saved that wasn't my, your thing. Okay. They saved my own anxiety. Yeah. Um, uh, did I ever, while we're, while we're talking about driving, did I ever tell you about the, the time that, um, I feel like I did tell you about this. Um, the time I had a panic attack, like during a driving instruction lesson, like one of the ones that was paid, um, like with the instructor. I, I can believe that it happened. Um, <laughs> I mean, cause I had panic attacks a lot in high school. <laughs> I mean, I, I was really happy to pay him. To, to teach yeah. you to drive. Yeah. Well, uh, well, so what happened was um, we were on 40 and he was getting, it was like, I think it was like maybe the third or fourth, fourth lesson. And he, I think that he like had enough of a rapport with me that he thought that he could be a little bit more stern with his instructions. Um, mm. And he kind of snapped at me like, now check your blind spot before you go into the other lane. And I had already checked the other two mirrors. And then I like checked my blind spot and it wasn't even like, 
a lot of pull, right? It was just like a barely like one of the wheels touched the yellow lines and he went, hey, 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 and like started yelling, yelling um, because I, I drifted a little bit into the middle, even though there wasn't another car coming or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Started like yelling and I just immediately like like started having a panic attack and I was like, all right, I'm behind the wheel of the vehicle. I need to pull over. And I like got to the next light, signaled to the left and he was like, what are you doing? I didn't t- tell you to turn. And I was like, right, but I'm having a panic attack right now. And that means that we need to pull over and we can't pull over on this major road. So I'm pulling into this subdivision right here. And I'm like saying this while I'm like breathing heavily. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, he was like, well, okay. Like, I guess that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you don't want me driving this car right now. What, what? And so like, we like sat there for a minute. <laughs> I calmed down. Um, it's like, like for reference, I, I don't know if you remember my driving instructor, he was like around your age, uh, like, you know, at the time, like late thirties, early forties, um, bald as a pool cue. He kind of looked like, um, the police, like, guy the like brother-in-law from breaking bad (laughs) okay Um, so he had kind of a he had kind of a stern demeanor about him anyway yeah he had kind of a stern like cop demeanor um Mm -hmm. about him and then like the other part of him was that like he and i were not going to like relate on any sort of like meaningful level um because During the like instruction lessons, he had control of the radio and he just every single time played like the MLB radio station. So it was like two to three hours of like reruns of baseball games on the radio. Were they reruns or actual baseball games? Well, it was at a time in the day that it couldn't have been a live game, you know? (laughs) it was like reruns of the night before or something Uh, (laughs) so it it was just it was very much like i'd get in the car and he'd be like how have you been and i'm like i i've been good how are you how how are the children he's like oh good and that was pretty much it it was like talking to like one of my friend's dads like (laughs) and so like he didn't have the like toolkit for crisis intervention. (laughs) He wasn't prepared to talk a kid down from a panic attack. So I think he just like sat there, like holding his hands together. He was probably sitting there like, what the fuck do I do now? I'm probably going to have to like (laughs) peel her out of here and take over driving. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, This is going to (laughs) be awesome. He's like, I'm really, I'm trying to figure out, what and then it was like the second i calmed down enough i was like all right i think i'm 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 good now um we should probably head back and i will drink some water and then i'll be good and he was like okay you you feel like you're all right to continue to drive and i was like yeah i'm fine now i just needed to calm down and he was like yeah you can't get stressed out when you're behind the wheel of a car and i was like well i don't know what to tell you buddy it happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you, you can't do that, but I did. And, I did, uh, and it, and I dealt with it. <laughs> I you know what like, I can do is get stressed out behind the wheel of the car. And I was like, I might not be allowed <laughs> I, to, but it could happen. <laughs> honestly, that was one of my biggest concerns about your driving because at that time you were occasionally having a panic attack just out of nowhere. 
Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, that if you do that while you're driving, that's a very bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, you need to like you need to be able to hold it together, because yeah, you know, yeah. Well, and now it's it's better because like I'm able to manage my stress better. Like I don't, I rarely get to the point where I'm so close to a panic attack that it could just be anything at any time. Um, and well, I think yeah, that like being know, older is also a factor in that as well, but. Yeah, I mean, hormonally different, right? There's yeah. um, there's uh, folks that I've ridden with that um, have, like, extreme road rage at people, right? Yeah. So, like, they, you know, every little thing is perceived as a slight, and they're yelling, and, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like, every, every little thing that could happen is, you know. Yeah. He cut well, me that's... off. He did this to me. He did that to me. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know what? The reason that he's really annoying you right now is because you are not on his radar as anything. (laughs) It's all about him and the other car. He's probably bitching that you keep being in his way. Yeah. um, Because he's a a very selfish driver as well. You know? Yeah. Well, and I, um, I, I, I've been in cars like that too. Actually, it's funny. Um, I, I don't know if you even really remember enough about him to be surprised by this but one of the people who have had has had like the worst word i can't even speak right now the worst road rage i've ever seen was um my ex jacob do you do you remember jacob at all yeah most mild mannered like apologetic calm like like gentle person ever unless he's behind the wheel of a vehicle i think like the first time you ever met him they like drastically messed up his order at a restaurant and sarah had to be the one who was like you didn't order chicken enchiladas did you and he was like no but it's it's fine i'll eat them and she was like no and he was like okay and he like apologized to the server who messed up his order (laughs) like but that guy had the worst road rage I'd ever seen to the point where I was like, if we're going anywhere, I will be driving. I don't care if we're in your car, I will drive your car. Like I'm not dealing with your road rage. I I can't. <laughs> I have no interest in hearing you yell while you're driving a car. Like I don't want to do that. So this is actually a road thing for yesterday that like it was kind of funny. So I'm uh we're we're on we're on Interstate 70 and there's a little there's a there's a little construction between Greenfield and Indy, right? And we're going to Indy. And um I'm I'm in the right lane. And there's only two, right? I'm in the right lane and there's a bunch of trucks and in the left lane are some people that were actually the trucks and I are passing because mm-hmm. they have decided that although it's a construction zone, they're going to drive like 35 miles an hour and it's a, it's like a 50 mile an hour construction. Zone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So they're just like crawling over there. So we get around mm-hmm. them and then I get into, as soon as I get in the left lane, this yellow, like 2002 Camaro, like it's like mm-hmm. one of the first ones with that, with the style that's kind of what they have now. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of the old ones. And the thing is, um, really loud like like the muffler has gone out or they've put it maybe a muffler on it to make it loud on purpose because mm-hmm. you know camaros just yeah. aren't loud right yeah um so <laughs> it comes up and i mean this thing's like you know making mm-hmm. all this noise and it's actually backfiring a little so i'm like okay so it's probably just a bad muffler with some other kind of engine trouble because it's making yeah. some really 
violent, strange noises. It doesn't sound cool. It sounds broken. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, it comes up behind and it's like tailgating me. And I'm like, okay, brother, like there's a whole line of cars in front of us <laughs> going anywhere, you know? And um, so he's like, you know, weaving back and forth between the two lanes, trying, and there's nowhere to go. And um, he'd get up beside us and then back. And, you know, and I was just like, uh, and one of his taillights was out. He got in front of us go a bit. Figure. And I was like, yeah. oh, one of his taillights is out. Awesome. You know, mm-hmm. like, so uh, we're, we're just like, what, what's this guy's deal? Well, what happens is it opens up from the construction ends and it goes to three lanes, right? So mm-hmm. he immediately rips off into the right lane to pass all everybody that's stuck in the other two, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and he like kind of roars around this semi and he's going down and I don't see him. And I, I just started, I was like, well, there he goes. You know, we'll probably mm-hmm. find him wrecked up here or something, you know, just like offhand. But this is even better. Like, <laughs> I... Uh, I, I, I'm just steadily in the left lane and people are kind of getting over to the right slowly. Right. Mm-hmm. And we get up to post road and he is stuck on the, in, in the right lanes and we go past him in the left lane going like the speed limit. Oh, <laughs> did you try and go between semis? Did that pay off for you? I look over and he's just like over there trying to work his way around and he can't get anywhere. And I passed him and, and then he passed me back like, you know, a little bit later (laughs) and he like comes roaring past. And I was just like, Mm -hmm. we were just laughing. I was like, nice job, dude. Like you really got up there, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, I love when that happens. Yeah. It was like a a triumph just to repass him. You know, and not even speeding, just like, you know, crawling even going right along at the speed limit and just like went right by him. Um, So similarly, it was a similar day. Um, And I was at the time it was like, do you remember when we were fostering? Like, I think it was only two kittens, right? There was that whole litter. We fostered two. It was um, like while we lived on State Street. Vaguely. We only did cats maybe once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was one of the cats times. It was like two adorable kittens. And they were finally big enough to get neutered. I had just gotten my license. I was driving um, that Toyota Camry. And I remember I was like on the interstate driving them to the west side of Indy. And it was like I was nervous on the interstate still when I drove them to get I think neutered and the semis boxed me in (laughs) Uh going down 465. I'm like, there's semi in front of me. There's a semi behind me. The cats are crying in the seat, in the passenger seat. And then the third one comes slowly creeping and like completely like seals my fate on the other side. Yeah. Like smoking the bandit when he was hiding. Yeah. 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 It was like I was hiding from the law, just like completely. And I, I like did a micro glance up. And of course, it was like a casket like no. delivery <laughs> truck. truck. <laughs> so it was the like I'm already white knuckling. Yeah. And then I look up and it's it's like Bailey's funeral home or whatever the fuck. <laughs> like when it gets like I'm that, I like, have when, when I'm on the highway and that kind of happens, I have a, a an urge to flip on Jerry Reed and eastbound and down just to yeah. like 
eastbound and down, load it up and truck it. You know, just like yeah. to do that. Yeah, you could, you could honestly, I feel like if you put on the like CCT, like the radio or whatever the fuck, you could get one of those and just start blasting that song. And I'm sure that the other semi drivers are either sick of that motif or would love it. But there's no in between. If I were a semi truck driver, I would probably go through phases where it's like, yeah, I love this song. That's me. all I want to hear is the soundtrack to Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, and then there would be months where I'm like, if anybody plays or even mentions Smokey and the Bandit, I will, I will lose my mind. Yeah, no in between. I either would love it or hate it. We're gonna stop over here at the Choke and Puke. <laughs> I like that they call it all the roadside dive restaurants the Choke and Puke. Yeah, in that movie. <laughs> it's a trucker talk. <laughs> Over here at the choke and puke. Mm-hmm. All of that sounds wonderful. That that just sounds like some food you really want, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Wanna pick up choke a burger for Fred. <laughs> Fred was you know, a fine animal. Yeah. I think Fred was uh, was a highlight of, of that movie. <laughs> Fred was definitely a highlight. I also um I, I think it's funny whenever the most of the time and then and then the one moment that he doesn't want him to he takes off running and jumps in a lake. <laughs> Just the, uh, like Fred would, you know. The big funny for me whenever there's movies like that is it it is remarkable how many movies um from the 80s. It's like there's no real reason this 70s. very hot well, 70s. Yeah. Um there's no really reason that this incredibly hot woman is attracted to this man except for the fact that he's hot. Like like if this man were not hot, he wouldn't get the girl at the end of this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And Smokey and the Bandit is 100%. Like You feel like entire, Burt Reynolds wouldn't you know if, if he if he wasn't uh, If he wasn't pretty? Burt Reynolds? Yeah, no. I don't like I don't think <laughs> behaving like the Bandit behaves would Attracts get women. him would would attract a woman no not if he wasn't hot like the fact that he is hot it makes it a bad boy thing but if and, like and an the ugly words kind person, of gotten around apparently because all the women yeah. like him on this on the radio yeah yeah well and I, I i see that's what i think i think that he drives away a little bit and then the female semi-truck drivers are like oh yeah i met him once he's fucking pretty like, really because he sounds like a uh, a thrill chasing asshole you know they're like oh he is <laughs> and that's what's cool about him but but i swear to god his face you know like oh no i'll help you out you want to do some dangerous shit yeah that's fine just as long as i can look at you you know or think about looking at you <laughs> i mean you know sally field was into junior and then you know which yeah obviously Ju- Here's the thing. She's like, oh, I don't really know why I was with Junior. And then she, like, gets back together with him. I'm like, Junior probably is actually a pretty good guy. Like, I kind of feel bad for Junior. Even though his dad is not. A good no. Guy. Well, and 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 she even says, she's like, yeah, I was, you know, walking down the aisle. And I realized that my mother-in-law, like, she has no teeth. And, like, my father-in-law would be that guy. So <laughs> I had I had some what questions. Doing? what am I doing? What is a big one? You know, like, <laughs> and, and I, <laughs> yeah, I think about that. Like, like, uh, like really junior was such a good guy that she ignored the fact that his family sucked for like their entire engagement. You know, he says, you know, the, the, the junior is just adult. 
you know? Yeah. I mean, did you find Junior to also to be pretty? I uh, honestly, I couldn't really tell you what Junior looks like. I know he's like <laughs> tall and skinny. <laughs> so he's probably attractive if he wasn't wearing some stupid like Sheriff Junior costume, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he's actually wearing a tux the whole movie yeah yeah that's what it is either. i was like why does he look like infantile oh it's because for whatever reason his dad was wearing a sheriff's outfit to the, to wedding. the wedding yeah but but he was he was he, he was walked out on at the wedding so he was still wearing the tux she yeah. switched out of the the uh the dress almost the, immediately the, the dress in the car yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's she wearing now her smile <laughs> yeah. he says because she throws the wedding dress out of the car and he's like what is she <laughs> was she like, wearing what else a wedding does she dress? have yeah <laughs> <laughs> well she was what's she wearing now <laughs> a smile <laughs> um, yeah, I um, also think it's a, a little bit rude to do an entire like like it takes him far too long to be like, oh, that's the bandit car. Like he's chasing her down like in a highway patrol officer's car because she walked out of a wedding like, yeah, that guy sucks. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> the, the the sheriff was definitely chasing her down well so here here's the thing dad sheriff buford t justice if someone walked out of my wedding i wouldn't want you and me to go hunt them down you don't you don't think so no i think that maybe it's just a done deal like they said no <laughs> i'm gonna go like lick my wounds and eat a tub of ice cream and then try and figure out what my life's going to be like instead. Like, to be fair, I'm not sure Junior wasn't down for such things. But, you know, yeah, Dad was dragging him along. That's true. Oh. It would have been weird if Junior wasn't there, to be honest. <laughs> it would have been... <laughs> hey, how would he have ever been able to handle uh, uh, gathering the evidence? You know, put the evidence in the car, Junior. <laughs> 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 Daddy, does this mean I can't be your little tick turd anymore? <laughs> there is no way, no way that you could come from my loins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jackie Gleason was um, one of a kind. <laughs> What weird caricatures they <laughs> Jackie Gleason played caricatures of people his whole yeah. career. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, like he was kind of a uh, like the first master caricature guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean the honeymooners was nothing but caricature of, you know, this bloviated, you know, husband stereotype, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, you know, almost um you know, uh, it, it was funny because those people existed and they were to be made fun of because they were not good, you know? Right. <laughs> um, and so, you know, the whole time he's doing it, he's basically making fun of that stereotype. It was, it, it's an interesting thing to me because um, later on the Andy Griffith show happened. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And um, what Andy Griffith, he, he wouldn't do the show at first because he didn't want it to be making fun of Southerners. Yeah. Like he, he's like, you know, the, the, he's like, you know, um, the, the, these characters can't just be buffoons. They can't just be, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, it, and some of them, you know, some, some of the characters kind of are buffoons, but it's not because they're Southerners. Cause like Andy is obviously the, his character is like the, the brilliant one. Right. Like <laughs> he, he's the one that keeps everything together everywhere in town because he's the smart guy, you know, yeah. he's the one that actually thinks things through. And uh, like the whole show is kind of a, um, you know, a, um, a testament to the fact that, Hey, people in the South are just like people everywhere else, you yeah. know, because that's what he wanted. Um, and, uh, but whereas the honeymooners was, you know, a show that was very popular, but not afraid to just, you know, rip into a stereotype kind of a person and leave it there, you know? (laughs) So every overweight husband guy got immediately that kind of tag put on them, you know, Mm -hmm. um, after a lot of people saw it. So it was kind of of coming out of that era that Andy Griffith didn't want to do the same kind of thing where he wanted it to be an uplifting thing. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's funny because I feel like it's, it's weird how that stereotype didn't really stick around past that generation, you know? Cause like, I would say when I see that stereotype on screen, I kind of think of it as like that person is of like the generation that my grandparents are right. Like, like Ralph Cramden. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, like, I mean, Archie Bunker was sort of the same guy, like later and yeah. all in the family, which was a lot more of a groundbreaking show because they tackled real issues with that character. Yeah. You know? But like, I think <laughs> that those characters are more making fun of Grandpa Jim than they would be making fun of you, is what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yes. Because uh, the, the thing is that seeing those kind of people act that way and that stereotypically. Uh, actually had the opposite effect in a lot of cases to make people not want to behave like that. <laughs> yeah, because I would say most people in your you demographic see, Oh, are... wow, that's a really closed-minded person. Um, yeah. I actually think Archie Bunker is needed now because there are a lot of people who have fallen into that trap of just being hateful. Yeah. And, and that was the thing about Archie Bunker that was so groundbreaking is that he took all the hate and thing from the 60s and the, into the 70s and... Um, and and they they use that stereotype to tell a lot of stories and show why that wasn't a good way to be you know yeah <laughs> to a lot of people you know yeah well um, and it's it's funny because i feel like um i think of people in like like if i were to put you into a stereotype i i think it's like 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 the big sweetheart right like like I think that people think that you might be mean and people look at me and they think I might be mean, but you're a fucking teddy bear, my dude. Like, like that's, that's what I always say. People are like, hey, stop well, it. I don't you're, messing, a... you're messing with my rep. Your rep. Oh no. My rep but is what I... crushed as a very hard to deal with person. I was, I was, th- <laughs> I was thinking about you on Thursday night because we were talking um, about the holidays coming up at, at done in D and D and they're like, basically my, my group was talking about how like, um, like parents are kind of hard to deal with sometimes. And I was like, yeah, not me though. Like my dad's great. 
<laughs> I was like, I know that that sounds really hard and I'm sorry that you have to deal with that. But like my dad's, my dad's a, my dad's a sweetheart. Like, I don't know. Like oh, he'll well, give you a you. hug. Like, <laughs> I may not agree with you, but I'll still give you a hug. Yeah. And even when you don't like agree with people, like, I think that it's funny that like, you know, we come from a family of arguers, but I would say you are more, you are less likely to say something like argumentative if you actually disagree with somebody. Like if you only half disagree with someone, you might argue with them just for the sake of like parsing information out, right? Like, oh, I kind of agree, but what about this thing? But like, if you fully disagree with somebody, you kind of just immediately are like, nah, I ain't touching that one. You do you, buddy. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I didn't used to be that way, honestly. I think that um, I've become way more like that as I've aged, especially in the last five years or six. Um, it it uh, they, the, the thing is that it, it used to be kind of fun to argue with people about stuff. And then... Um, people became so hateful and angry that it just, it lost, they, they took the fun out of it. They like, it's fun to like jab at people or to, you know, pick on each other or whatever. But then when people take it too far, it like it, you, you know, there's like a, a point where it's not funny anymore, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not. And, um, and, and I think I, I came across a few people like that in my life in, in business and in, um, my personal world that, made me completely shift away from, well, you know what? I like to joke around like that, but you know, I, it has to be completely with the right people because some of these people, like they can't handle the, <laughs> it's kind of like the people that can't handle their liquor. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, like you can't handle a, ha handle yeah, a yeah. philosophical conversation. So like you like to have a few beers with people and have a fun time. But then mm -hmm. when that person shows up that like is a power drinker, they like take all, they make you not even want to swallow another drop. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. see what the, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. You know, like I, when I was 18 or, tw or, you know, before I was 21 and I would drink, there would always be like people that would drink to excess because they were, you know, you're about around a bunch of teenagers and they don't know better. Right. Mm -hmm. And you don't think that much, you know, you, you start to see it a little bit because like, you know, those of us who are still uh, alive, didn't do those like <laughs> kinds of moves, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, but, but then like, um, you know, you get a little bit older and you see it and it's just, um, it's just scary. It's like, okay, yeah. well we were having a little party here, but you drank a whole bottle of wine and now you're so messed up that I think you may need to go to the hospital, you know? And yeah. that's not, that's not that, that, that there's no fun left. Like you just, you've, yeah you've taken it so far, you've ruined it. And I think that's the way that's, it is with, uh, with a, an argument or a, or a fight or whatever. And, you know, I had a tendency to, you know, uh, be a Facebook warrior like everybody else. And um, I don't know, at, at some point, if, uh, uh, you know, in the last few years, I've just been like, every once in a while, I don't mind mixing it up a little bit. But for the most part, I pretty much don't at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, well, it's funny or, what you're somebody, saying about somebody I know says something really outrageous. Mm -hmm. uh, then, then I, I, you know, I might, you know, call if I really know them, then I might call them out on that. Um, mm -hmm. especially if they don't really know what they're saying, because I, I can tell that they haven't really caught up with the news or something. Yeah. And I might give them a, a link or something to try and lead them down the path of, Hey, wait a minute. You know, 
I wouldn't mm-hmm. defend that person. Like somebody I'm, uh, that I'm good friends with, like tried to defend Kanye the other day without really You're realizing. Like, that, no, 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 no. Uh, he said that Hitler, like Hitler had some good points. Like, like right. that's he, not. That's what he said. And like, that's and the, like, that's oh, the he quote. didn't say that really, did he? It's like, yeah, yes. here's the link to the video, man. Like he really did say it. It's really, it's really bad. Like yeah. he's, he, he was already a bad person and I can understand the like, you know, you like his music, you feel like you can, you know, say, but, but there's no defending the man like at all. There was no defending him really after he stepped on stage with Taylor Swift in my mind. Um, <laughs> but, um, from, from that moment forward, I have been anti Kanye in almost every way. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just gets worse with him. It's really, a you know, I, I you know, the thing is anybody who is a big enough narcissist to jump up on stage after someone wins an award, steal the mic from them and say, somebody else deserved this award. Mm-hmm. That person should be, you know, banned from all award shows forever. Right. <laughs> you know, um, so because that's just not the spirit of what it is. <laughs> so I, I wanted to go back to the the thing you were saying about alcohol, because I, I, I know that you probably are aware that like, I'm not much of a drinker. Like I, I never really have been like, even in college, I wasn't like the, the power drinker ever. I was more like a party mom or something. Um, but when I moved back to indie, especially like, oh, I'd be like at someone's drag performance or birthday party or whatever. And it would be like, okay, we're out until like two in the morning. And then like Harrison and I like walk home like and we use the buddy system and everything like that that i started really being like yeah i don't really want to pay for like cocktails anymore like i'm gonna just drink soda water with a lime in it and about the moment <laughs> like, like you were talking about like the friend who drinks a whole bottle of wine it was like about the moment that i looked around and realized that some people in the room like their hard limit is like in the cocaine area. I was like, yeah, I'm not using you as a gauge anymore. Like, like <laughs> yeah, you've lost your yeah. rights to be like, oh, keep up. No, I'm not keeping up. I'm going to go my own pace. <laughs> I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> I'll share this room with you, but nah, I'm good. Exactly. I'm going to stick with my soda water. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's that, and that's, that's what I mean. That's where the fun has left it. Like, you know, that, that's the territory of I'm medicating myself, not the territory of, and and quite frankly, I've always been, you know, I've had friends who are stoners too. And I've had to say like, listen, man, sometimes a walk in the woods, it's good on its own. (laughs) <laughs> like, 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 I don't really need any sort of help to like, feel like I'm transcending when I walk through a forest. Like I'm all right. Like it's, it's already beautiful enough. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mean, although, you know, marijuana is way less destructive than alcohol can be for someone. Um, it's still, yeah. I mean, you are altering your, your perceptions of everything, you know, and some of us, um, have, uh, the, I, I mean, I, I don't really ever have an intrinsic need to completely change my perception of reality. You know, yeah. um, I, I understand that some do and I, and I, and why they do. Um, and the, and that everybody's brain works a little differently and people see the world in a different way. And, um, mm-hmm. it's just never been one of those things that was, you know, at the top of my priority list, I guess. I mean, 
you know, I, I, I like to have a beer um, occasionally and I like to have, um, you know, a, even a bourbon once in a while, you know, yeah. but I'm not, um, I've never been someone who just loved to get drunk. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know? I literally, so I'm sitting next to my bar cart and I won't turn the camera around to show you because I, I definitely have Joe's Christmas gift on this bar cart as well. You but, don't want to show um, that off. Yeah. Not yet. No. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if he does listen to this, but if he does, I don't want it to be ruined. So, um, he but, probably doesn't. I mean, you know, it, it, it's a, there's, there's eight people out of 7 billion on the planet that are listening to, you know, we're, here. we're like underground, you know, we're yeah. like the next big thing that it's, just doesn't pop up That's what's cool about yet. it. When people yeah. jump on it, they're going to be like, you know, you said this thing back on, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're going to like call us out for our, you know, I don't, I, anti, let's not alcoholic state rants that we had today. <sighs> If you're listening to this, I change my mind all the time. Like, let's not. <laughs> I am. I. I'm not too proud to admit. As I get I, more information. I change I am, my my view. I'm a wrong per. I'm wrong a lot of the time, but I, I do have an unopened bottle of London Dry Gin that I bought three or four months ago, and I was like, "Oh, this will be nice." Haven't even tried it. Haven't opened it. It's it's sealed right now. Yeah, this sounds like you really take after your father. Like I have a bottle of Maker's Mark in there that I you know haven't opened, but I, you know, I I would like to try it again one day. (laughs) I tried it before I bought it. Like we had like a shot of it, but I was like, oh, this is really good. Well, you gave me a really nice bottle of whiskey for last Christmas, and I, to AJ's credit, he was really good about leaving it alone on the counter for like. I want to say it was close to six or seven months, right? Uh-huh. And finally, like maybe a month before I moved, he just cracked that fucker open and I came home and it was like half gone. And I was like, that's fair. It's been sitting there a while. <laughs> like, that's a good point. Like I shouldn't pack that. Like I, you know, he's got a point to drink it. <laughs> so, you, so you did taste some of it, right? No. No? Damn. No, AJ enjoyed it. I didn't buy it for him. I know, but I'm not much of a drinker, so I was going to try it, but it was like the day that it was half gone, I was like, I don't really feel like drinking whiskey right now, like, and it just didn't happen, so. Well, we won't do that again, Bailey. We'll get you something better. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I wasn't trying to like criticize. I was just, you know, telling. Have you gotten a package this week, by the way? You should. I didn't. No, I'm still waiting on that package. There's a package that's going to be there any day, and which means they'll probably like not leave it at your place and make you have to go someplace to get it. But you know, it is. Okay. Well, just just message me with the delivery details when that happens, because I will go and get it. There are like package pickups. Did I tell you where that like package pickup was when you when you got me the the thing? No. Um, it was, it was in like a quickie mart type deal. It was like this little corner newsstand stall is apparently like a UPS Royal mail pickups point. So I had to walk into the newsstand at the bus stop and that's yeah, where fancy. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you'll probably have to go to somewhere similar again. Yeah. Well, and it's weird that it was that one. Cause I'm pretty sure that the can convenience store like right under my building is also like a package pickup point but i think it's just for like a different series of postal things like i think it's maybe an amazon pickup point or something well i I think that it said like a range of dates when when the shipping notice happened that it would be like between december 11th and like 19th 
Okay. So, so some hopefully point it'll arrive week. in time for Christmas. Um, yeah. I mean, hopefully it'll arrive before the 18th because that's, you know, if, if it doesn't, then I'll have to pick it up once I'm back in town. Ah, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. We'll figure so, it out. You know, this is how Christmas gifts work in, when you're in Scotland. Yeah. If you were here, I would just hand you a package to unwrap. Well, see, I did that and you did immediately. Yes. Have you have you read any of the book I gave you yet? No, I'm still reading the book from that I was working on before. Before, so. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'm, it's the, it's called The Boys from Biloxi. It's a it's a John Grisham novel. Ooh, fun! Brand new one. Brand new. It is very interesting, actually. What's it? it, it uh, what's it about? It's it's about um, it's about the the Gold Coast, you know, Biloxi, uh, Mississippi Gold Coast, um, and people that uh, were in the underworld there in the '60s. Okay. And uh, so I'm 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 sure it's a fictional story, but based in a lot of historical, you know, fiction. That's fun. And, um, so it's, it's like a, kind of a moonshiner story. Well, I mean, not moonshiners. They were, um, you know. They they were purveyors of vice, and uh, much like the Mississippi coast now is like a you know a um, a casino hub, right? Oh, okay. Um, but it was then as well <laughs> before it was legal. Um, <laughs> so so yeah. like speakeasies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it kind of starts out in the speakeasy era before uh, it, during prohibition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of moves in. It's in the it's into the late '60s at this point in the book. So it's, gotcha. it's very good. Um, as all Grisham books are nice. highly recommend all John Grisham books. Just go grab one off your shelf and start reading. Um, for, for those of you out there, <laughs> I've been there reading, are, I have not found a bad gr- John Grisham book. <laughs> so I have taken to reading multiple books at once, um, which is not uh, really yeah. great, but it does help with like, I think that um, I like just have trouble focusing on one thing at once. So, um, I'm currently switching between like this series of essays by Olivia Lang called funny weather. And it's about like artists in emergency. I feel like I've told you about this, but, um, that one's pretty good. And then I'm rereading the bad beginning from a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> Cause okay. I just felt like <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I want to read something where I finish it really quickly. And it's like fictional. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to find a novel that I can break through in a minute. Um, and then I'm also trying to finish up, um, this book about like Glasgow tenement buildings, uh, because I know mom wants to read it and she's going to be in town next week. So I'm trying to finish it so that she can have it. Well, you know, the other thing is I'm going to be greatly slowed on the book you got me because it's a book. Um, I generally read on my Kindle and, Mm -hmm. um, so that's a lot heavier and less portable and it's not on my phone as well as my Kindle like the Kindle app. So like I'm sorry. The, I, I just, yeah. you know, I was in a bookstore, so. No, no, no. I, 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 no disrespect to actual physical books. <laughs> it's just that uh, since about 2007, I haven't read many actual physical books because I uh, discovered the Kindle app and the Kindle device and my iPad. And it's uh, I can have thousands of books and a lot less space. And they're also, it keeps track of what page you're on. Also, the cool thing is, like, the boys from Biloxi, I have the Audible also. So, like, it, it, it also picks up wherever I was reading in the book, into the audio book when I'm driving. 
Yeah, so I all of that synced together, which is yeah. some kind of Amazon magic that they make happen. But because um, we're just we're just sucking Jeff Bezos's dick right now. It's I fine. mean, I'm sorry, but that's a, that's some amazing tech right there. Um, yeah, in sharp contrast, the book I bought you um, supports uh, literacy in the city of Glasgow. Um, <laughs> well, so uh, so I'm talking about one of the biggest authors in the world on one of the biggest platforms in the world. Probably yeah. the biggest platform in the world. Yeah, you know, uh, here's the here's here's why I'm giving you shit for it. It's entirely <laughs> because they don't need a thirty to sixty second spot from us. They don't, but I mean, I'm sorry they need it. They give me that kind of awesome. So yeah, they earned their spot. Sure, earned, quote unquote. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Regardless, totally fine. Take your time with it. I tend to be more of like I can't really. I, I've done audiobooks. Like Apple has like some free offering audiobooks. So like I can listen to them. And I've done, I like did Treasure Island while I was cooking dinner for like a few months. But I find that um I have trouble really paying attention when I'm listening to something. Um, so I miss like half of it because I'll I'll be like in the middle of a task or something. I will zone out on what's being said, and then I'm like, wait, where are we? What happened? He's dead. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you had to push rewind. <laughs> yeah, and I have to re-listen and actually listen, and then I can't do the task I'm yeah. doing. So, yeah. I mean, the cool thing about with the uh, Audible is that I can just tell you know. Well, I don't want to say her name. She she controls things with you know, vocal commands. Yeah. You can just tell them to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but back up yeah. two minutes, boom, done. Yeah. You know? Well, and you've always been super techy. Like you're very much a, I would like to voice command my lights on and off kind of guy. Oh, that is the best. Like yeah, that makes that's... you not have to reach around for lamp switches. I mean, come on. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, the light switch when you walk in the room that flips on the overhead light, great. You know, I don't really need that to be voice commanded, but lamps, that that's the best. <laughs> also, another thing that's really good is like having it hooked up to the Christmas tree and the front, front yard lights for Christmas. So you can just tell them to come on. Yeah, I wish the yeah. this one in the living room had a timer, but it's OK. You can make it do that if you... You just well, tell, you just tell so, the Echo device to schedule, and it'll. Yeah, schedule. this is not a smart home, and it will not be. You can because make it I buy those little plugs for your wall. I could, and I will not be doing that because this room doesn't even have a coffee table in it. So, there are just other things that are more important. Hey, you know, I'm I'm a little bougie with that, so yeah, I got fine. it. I understand. I found some off-brand ones that were really cheap, though. That was cool. Like they, yeah. I, I, they're not the Amazon brand plugs that I use. They're like some other brand that's like I got a four-pack of them for nine dollars. <laughs> was a, a much yeah. better. <laughs> so, uh, um, <laughs> the, See, the, the other ones the... are like thirty-nine dollars a piece. I'm like. That yeah, seems a what, little salty for plugs. That, that is what always happens to me because I will be without a charger and desperately need a charger in like a train station or a convenience store setting. And they always are like, oh, that piece of shit cord. 
we're going to go ahead and make you pay 35 pounds for it. You're going to pay $60 for that you shit. Juice. Fuck you. you must pay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I always, I, I like uh, the, some of the most expensive things I've ever bought from a gas station are charging chargers. cables. Yeah. And aux cords too. Well, you know, I, uh, that's the thing. Like, um, I'll go on and, and online and find one of those. Like it's like a ten pack of the, <laughs> of the and they're longer cords as well. I like the longer ones in certain places. Mm-hmm. Like next to the bed, I want like a ten foot long charging cable, right? Because I want right. to be able to like have it plugged in and lay in bed and use the phone, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also the reason that those like the like the magnetic whatever resonance charging or whatever they call it wireless, but it's not really wireless. Like there's actually a wire and you have to actually make contact by setting your device on something. Well, that stinks because it doesn't charge while I'm using it unless I'm like leaning over the table or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like I want to, I want the actual cable that I plug in so that it can be charging while I use it, you know? Um, And they talk about taking away that plug and I'm like, yeah, go ahead. And I just won't upgrade my phone at all. If I can't do that, because, uh, you know, that, that would be, that would be the thing that would make me go over the edge and, and maybe use an Android phone. If you take yeah. away the plug to charge the phone with, like it's already, it needs a plug for a headphone and it really sucks that there's not one, but, um, it's even worse if you take away the charging cable. Yeah. <laughs> so let me lay that out there for you, Apple. I'm speaking to you. Put the fucking headphone <laughs> jack back in the goddamn phone. It's stupid. Okay. Yeah. It's you got the fucking head jack headphone jack in my Mac Studio and my MacBook, which are brand new devices. Put the fucking headphone jack back in the phone. Sell like five times as many phones as you've ever sold in a year as soon as you put it back and move on. It's like the McRib coming back, you know, and they sell a truckload of those. You put the headphone jack in the Apple phone, the mm-hmm. son of a bitch will sell every last unit that's on the shelf because my, people hate dongles. <laughs> my headphones work perfectly. This is broken. So, <laughs> yeah, that's so this is all fucking up. dongle. And so it starts and stops my music at random and it gets worse when it's cold outside. So, mm-hmm. yesterday when it was snowing, like it like turned on Siri while I was like walking somewhere. And you I was know, like, the standard the headphone jack is the best plug that's ever been designed. And I don't know why we went away from it. I wish it was the charging jack, actually. If it was a three and a half millimeter headphone jack that charged the phone, that would be best. And send all the data out of it and all of that. Why do we have to change the shape and all of that stuff? Just use the regular headphone jack style and run all the electrical and all of the the data signal and everything through that. Why aren't we do that? Because then we can't charge a fucking fortune for a USB-C cable or for a lightning cable. (laughs) I'm sorry. End rant. (laughs) So this is a rough transition, but, um, I've been, it's just, it's been living rent free in my mind. Kirk saying, Oh, oh, most cats are averse to water. Not Kirk jr. (laughs) No, it was cat Kirk, cat Kirk, not cat Kirk. Yeah. (laughs) He seems to be native to it. It gives him power. (laughs) yeah yeah i mean yeah he seems to draw strength from it yeah (laughs) 
And that was last week's show, <laughs> Bailey. It's and here's the thing: I watched it two weeks ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't watched any Gilmore Girls this week. Whose fault is that? Oh, you were six ahead. My yeah. God, I I actually because watched you all said six. You were gonna this week. Look at so that. I'm, I'm I'm caught up to, to which the... means I can watch Gilmore Girls this week. <laughs> <laughs> so dear Emily and Richard was episode 13 back two weeks ago for you. Yeah. Um, where um, the, the, the thing that's fun is that we, we hear for the first time and um, that uh, Rory and Lorelai are planning to backpack across Europe and stay in hostels. No, they've meant they mentioned it like in the pilot episode in like or the early series, but this is like when they actually start talking about like the planning of it, which right. like when they originally mentioned it, I think Richard was like, "Oh, well, we'll give you money." And they were like, "No, we don't. We're doing uh, it like the rough way." Like oh, I mean, that's what said here. That's that's what happens here is that they um well, they say they're going to backpack and stay in hostels and Richard and Emily start laughing at them and going, "Oh, haha, great joke." You're going to stay in a hostel. That's hilarious, which it actually is kind of funny because yeah. there's no way Lorelai would enjoy staying in a hostel, you know, <laughs> or even Rory, to tell you the truth. We saw them stay in a bed and breakfast that was perfectly mm -hmm. nicey, <laughs> even though the person that ran it was, you know, a little bit crazy. Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, staying in a hostel thing, I, I'm, I'm just not certain about this as, a, as, a, as an option, you know. And then they were like, no, we're serious. And they're like, why would you do that? Well, you know what? We'll pay for a hotel. It's okay. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> we, don't, we don't want you to, to think that's unnecessary. You know, that's yeah. ridiculous. You know, um, so I, I, I like that they, they kind of threw it in, but then they've like left it alone for a minute. Right. Like, mm -hmm. so it was like a, a throw in. Um, and um so um, I, I think the thing that happens in this one next is uh, we get to see Dean working next door to um, to the shop, right? He's like helping with the construction project yeah, of yeah. of Taylor Dozy's soda shop. Yeah, ice cream store. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a um, traditional soda fountain. Right. Yeah, which is basically an ice cream store. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, so uh, we, we, we see that and we kind of roll into the restaurant next door because um, it, it, Luke is in there reading a book, trying to figure out where he's going to take Nicole on a date. Mm -hmm. Jess, of course, is giving him all sorts of shit. And then Jess has to wait on uh, Dean. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was just like hilarious. Because right? like Dean's order, like. Uh, first ordering of all, he for the whole construction have, crew. <laughs> yeah. And quite frankly, he wouldn't be in there if he wasn't ordering for the entire construction crew. So he has like a 20 item order. <laughs> and Jess thinks he's fucking with him a little bit. And he's like, I'm not. And then, you know, he's like, are you going to read it back to me? And Jess is like, no. And he says, okay, so this order's for Taylor. And if it's not right, Taylor's just going to keep sending people back in here all day long until it is. Do you really... I'll read it back to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like the thing is, even Jess is like, okay, fucking Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I'm not gonna. 
<laughs> I can't imagine how much patience Dean has in his life to constantly work for Taylor Dosey. Right? It is a testament <laughs> to Dean's patience that he works oh for Taylor God. Dosey. In fact, he's just he, he is so patient with so many people who do not deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like <laughs> so um I love it when they go to the the they go into the in this one they go into um these back and forths but before they go into them um there the, 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 there's a little theme that's running through it every time they go to see Lorelai at the end in this one because there's some retirement party that's going to happen there and um the guy keeps changing and, the theme right and and the, the, this one scene in it like made me lose my fucking mind laughing and it's like you know first off Michelle's pissed everybody's a little bit angry as she tells them about it and then she takes a peek into the kitchen and she tells Suki who's making this golf ball cake and the mm -hmm. way that Melissa McCarthy throws that cake away is yeah. like I mean it, it tickled me to the core she like grabbed the bottom of the golf ball <laughs> and, just kind it. Of, and of course it was so heavy on the top side of the ball that it just like flipped right over into the trash can <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's like well, in fairness I'm i was thinking really cut about this that. cake up and try to eat it or give it away like fuck this. fuck this you know why because she was individually putting the fucking divots in that golf ball <laughs> which i've drawn many a golf ball okay i've had to draw all those fucking like divots in it <laughs> <laughs> making it look good is an exercise in futility okay so like not like not only was she hand putting all those motherfuckers in there they have to be perfectly round and they have to be perfectly like equidistant like i guarantee you when he was switching it to golf and they were like oh well the cake would be a golf ball she went ah! <laughs> oh okay but if he changes the theme <laughs> I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be so mad. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I empathize with Suki. I think that she was I mean, completely right. I, I completely lost reaction. my mind laughing. Her reaction was priceless. <laughs> uh, so, um, it, no. So throughout this one, we're, uh, there's a lot of, um, stuff about Sherry having a baby and they keep flipping back and forth to old times and new times because Lorelai's having these flashbacks to when she had Rory. And I love yeah. these flashbacks. They're like, they're really good, right? Like we, we, we hear about the reason that she wants to go backpacking across Europe with Rory and it's probably hasn't even told Rory. It's because Chris wanted to go backpacking across Europe and it was his whole idea his idea to change their whole life plan to like not go to college and to like backpack across Europe and to be, you know, and, and that was his, his plan. And he, and he sold her on it. And mm -hmm. once she was sold on it, even if he tried to change his mind, which he did later, right. She yeah. wasn't changing her mind. Like she's like, no, we, we made this decision. This was, this was a good decision. This is what I wanted. You know, yeah, and and, and like we made though, a plan together, and I liked the plan. Yeah, right. And even the and and when he bailed on that plan, that was when they're 
whole relationship was doomed forever really <laughs> like you see it yeah. you see it click in her mind that like she's like well he's not with me like he's not with me in this i'm going to be having a baby on my own he's not with me i'm yeah I, and i'm not going to live here underneath these people like i'm i'm just not going to like that's that's why she decided to not be there you know and yeah. um well and he like it, i re i remember what was weird about it was like there was a certain amount of spinelessness to him saying, well, your dad made a plan and it sounds like a good plan, right? Like him being like, yeah, I guess I'll just work for your dad's firm and we'll live here. When he knows that what he's saying is like the exact opposite of what Lorelai would ever want. And in his mind, he's just being realistic and saying like, yeah, we can't do this. We're just kids. We couldn't go out on our own and be all right. But Lorelai is now going to be a mother. And the thing about being a mom, I've seen it happen so many times is, uh, you learn pretty fucking quick how to be on your own. Right. Like <laughs> you grow up tremendously immediately. Yeah, She was like, mm -hmm. yeah, we're like in her mind, she had already grown up the second she found out, I think. Well, not at the second, right. but shortly thereafter. Yeah. I mean, part of her thing was, you know, with her, with the other plan before her mind got changed, she wasn't mm -hmm. pregnant yet. Her whole plan was to just, you know, that she would go away to Yale and she would be away from there. Right. Yeah. And, and getting out of there was her biggest goal. But then, you know, she was going to have a baby and she's like, well, I don't know that Yale's in my cards anymore, but staying here is definitely still not in my cards. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. She's like, I don't know that I can bring a baby to college, but I certainly can bring a baby out of this house. So <laughs> exactly right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and honestly, I know that she gets blamed a lot for like denying that support network, but like, this is really the episode where you can tell very much that it was like the right decision. There are other times when this story is told before where you're kind of thinking like, okay, well that was really childish of you to just like completely like, like peace out on your parents like that when you were like a kid, like that's not exactly the smartest idea. But when they like the final flashback in that series, she has like left a note like, Hey, having a baby. See you, see you later. Like I'm in labor. Bye. And her parents come in and Emily starts doing the Emily routine as they're wheeling her into the like delivery room. Right. She's like yelling at her and carrying on and chastising her like a child. And like, it was that moment that I really looked at it and I was like, yeah, no, you can't parent with that. Like <laughs> there's no way that you're going to be a parent to that child. If that's what you're working with as like, a household like it's just not well, sustainable and, and, and later when she um when she leaves the house right that like they, they had the little flashback to the day that she left and she left them a note yeah that she was gone right and mm -hmm. and it was like um and there's a little flashback here and there about because emily's been at home a lot because richard's got um you know with his new work and everything he's got a he's all he's on the road a lot right well, mm -hmm. she um, offers to, she, she actually talks to her about what she does when he's not there. And she decides to buy her a DVD player because after she flashes back and remembers how she left, she gets like a little tinge of guilt about it and says, okay, 
I'm going to do something nice for my mother. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, because I, 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 it was total, that's totally why she bought the DVD player, but she's never going to tell her why, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it, it was totally, there's a little hinge. I have a little hinge of guilt. Like I, you know, I, you know, what I did was the only thing I thought I could do, but there's no way I could ever explain it to her, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Because she just won't get it, no matter what I say to her, right? Yeah. But she and, was and overbearing, frankly, and I could not be there and, and, and there, raise my kid. And there's, quite frankly, like, there's no nice way of saying that, right? <laughs> like, there's no yeah. way of saying that where it doesn't hurt her feelings. <laughs> like, right. And make her want to... And, and the other thing is, Emily's not a, you know, uh, she just... She, there's no way she could have changed her mind and made her be softer, and, no. and more helpful, you know? So the only thing she could do was that. Now, the thing is that as they're older, Emily can be more helpful in things if she gets her in the right direction. The problem is Lorelai still has like all this baggage from earlier. So she always, <laughs> she always well, takes it to the worst place, you know? And also the thing about it is like the problems they are dealing with take time you know it's like they're they're not dealing with easy like easy problems with quick solutions and they never were and when they were in the situation where she was like a teenager who was having this kid there was a time box on that right like the problem wasn't going to get solved in time yeah and then you know the the interesting thing is they keep interspersing it with sherry having her baby and sherry oh sherry is more immature than lorelei was at 16 right <laughs> like first the, off like truly her, fr- the her friends are like the worst friends in the history of friends <laughs> the idea of a fully grown woman calling a teenager in class at high school here's what happens okay <laughs> rory gilmore is just going about her day they they scheduled the c-section and everybody's gonna go get sushi while she's in post-op um <laughs> Right. Do I personally want to eat sushi and think about a woman giving birth? No, no, I don't. No, not at all. That's actually top 10 food choices that I would go without on By the that way, day. I don't want to have sushi at any point because I'm not a sushi guy. However, I am a sushi person. I can't think of a worse time, particular. though. <laughs> I can't I can't think of a worse food to choose for that day, but they chose no. sushi. And here's the, here's here's what really bothers me is like that doesn't happen because she goes into labor, you know, like an, like happens with a pregnancy. And all of her friends, this woman calls Rory in class, teenager, is gets the call. They say, "Hey, this is Sherry's friend. Sherry messed up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She keeps saying it. she screwed up. We can't help it. She messed up. It's like she didn't mess up. There's nothing she could do about it. <laughs> she went into labor. Like, what do you mean she messed up? What, she wanted her to hold it? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like she had any choice in the matter. Like, huh, her body just went into labor. Like, I don't. <laughs> Like there's, yeah. there are, there are plenty of, there are plenty of, um, ways to deal with a pregnant woman that might not be completely right, but that one's like 100% wrong. Right? <laughs> like, 
terrible friends <laughs> terrible friends and she waits there only at the hospital outside the room long enough for rory to show up and then she's out the door the second she gets there yeah she's like oh i'm sorry hon i have to get back to the office like no you don't <laughs> well and no then, you don't and then sherry's trying to take phone calls for work and 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 like Rory's like freaking out and calls Lorelai to come right because Chris hasn't gotten there for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and Lorelai gets there and she's on the phone trying to work and Lorelai just takes the phone. Hi, yeah, she's she's busy right now. Click, <laughs> like I'm like yes, finally somebody dragged that phone away from her. It's like dude, you were in labor. They can wait. <laughs> the idea that she th- she 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 goes. <laughs> she's like having Rory do like paperwork and f- call people back. And she goes, Oh, that guy hates pregnant women. You might just tell him that I am under the weather. <laughs> I'm like, what? drop him as a client. <laughs> There's nothing right. he's going to be able to do about it. So just tell him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And if it feeds his hatred of pregnant women, well, he's a misogynist. So I, I mean, he's just stupid. Like, let's just let's just break it down to even that. Yeah, like like the <laughs> what, idea. What are you going to do? I mean, what a, like let's let's operate under the assumption that someone else being pregnant maybe has nothing to do with you unless it's your baby, and then <laughs> right. even then it might not. You know, yeah, <laughs> like like okay, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. So, but then, um. Uh, uh, Chris finally shows up and uh, after Lorelai has calmed her down, actually. And um, Lorelai was pretty much struggling to hold it together. She really was. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, seeing Chris like be so happy and be there and then and all of that stuff. And Chris says something in this scene. And like, honestly, Lorelai was being so strong and being like, you know what? Today's not about me. And I'm going to keep that there, <laughs> yeah. right? Yep. But he he leads Lorelai in to see the new baby, and they're standing there at the window, and he, he looks at his second daughter and goes, she's just the most perfect baby I've ever seen. And then it cuts to that flashback of them standing at the same fucking window when they're both, like, 16. And he goes, she's beautiful. And Lorelai goes, no, she's perfect. And mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where, like, you know, Lorelai, as adult and mature as she is, was standing at that window and going, oh, you are you fucking kidding me? Like, like she just wanted to punch him in the eye. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I like, wanted to punch him in the eye. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, uh, like, so oh. I, I, I mean, what a fantastic episode. And, and yeah. what's funny is this next one is called Swan Song. And um, it, it, Emily can't handle Gran, okay? Like, at the start of it, like, she's just going off. And she's going off so much that, like, Lorelai and Rory want to change the subject to anything else, yeah. <laughs> right? And then, so the the thing is that it backfires on Rory as she keeps begging to change the subject because it gets because, off on Jess. <laughs> yeah. I think this, it, she, like, says, like, yeah, Dean and I aren't together anymore. I'm seeing somebody else. It's Luke's uh, like nephew. Right. Um, and then Jess gets invited to dinner next week. <laughs> right. But Lorelai 
gets out of it somehow. Uh, she's going to go and have the weekend with Alex. Yeah. So Rory's on her own with Jess. So like as soon as we find that out though, like she's walking down the street and gets dragged into Miss Patty's place. <laughs> and yeah. And Miss Patty is doing her memoir like uh, as a, a single person stage show with Kirk directing, which I mean <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> like too good. But, the second, the second they're like Kirk is directing. I'm, I was, I was, I, I started laughing before I even he even gave the first direction. You know, like. <laughs> well, what I love about it is like, she starts singing this song or like telling the story, and he's like, "I think it's too much," and she's like, "What do you mean?" And he says, like, "Rewrite it. I think we need to rewrite this section." He's, she's like, "I can't rewrite my memoir." <laughs> he's like, "Well, you can try." <laughs> and then it's like a touching song and he starts throwing a strobe light on <laughs> uh, but anyway she ended up seated next to dean mm -hmm. which um and and then it, that would have been fine uh except that <laughs> after the performance they, Kirk and Miss Patty, no, Miss Patty puts out a flyer for the show. She, she she fired Kirk and she put on the bottom of the flyer, this this show is not in any way affiliated, affiliated with Kirk. With Kirk. <laughs> right. But, and um, she puts fake quotes on it that are reviews from the people there. Right. And she Rory put, and Dean said it was amazing or something. Yeah. <laughs> so Jess is like, hey, what's up? Like. The fuck? You're giving quotes about a show without me? Like, I thought that you were going home to study. Uh, and, and then she has to explain that she got dragged in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jess doesn't believe her because nobody in that town has ever just dragged him into anything. Like, yeah. But it's a real thing. Like, yeah. yeah. That happens to Rory almost constantly, actually. <laughs> so they, they, they seem to have worked it out. And then we cut away to uh, Lorelai in the kitchen with, um, the, with Lane and her band. And she kind of spills the beans that Dave and Lamer, Lane are an item. But the yeah. boys still being the freaking, like, the boys. dense people that they are. <laughs> Don't quite catch it, right? They believe her lame cover-up story, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then so they they Zach and Brian are still clueless. Um, but we um, uh, but we go back. I mean, a little later, it's actually they they get an even bigger hint, and they still don't see it, right? Yeah, because Lane's mom. Lane's like, mom says that, says that Dave has a crush on him. Uh, yeah. Lane has a crush, has on, a crush Dave. on him. Yeah, and and the guys think it's all about him being a Christian, which I thought was like <laughs> you guys are. Hey man, you can be it's a okay Christian, Christian and still rock out. Yeah. So that that was pretty cool. But then Jess, we we go go to dinner, and Jess is late, and he opens the they open the door, and he's standing there with a black eye. <laughs> yeah. And he won't tell Rory what happened. Which is like, you know, so you instantly think it was Dean, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone does. But, you know, Jess is like, it wasn't Dean. But I'm not telling you what it is right now. We'll talk about it later. 
Yeah. And he's like, he's begging her to let it drop. He's like, listen, I am, please let us just get through this dinner and I will tell you. And she just keeps pushing it. She's like, no, I want to fight in front of my grandma. <laughs> well, I mean, she can't let it go. To be fair, she did show up. He did show up with a black eye. And so, <laughs> well, and what I love about it is that, like, Emily keeps it together and is so cordial and nice in front of Rory the entire time. Because of what happened when they met Dean and, and Richard was an asshole to, to him. Yeah, right? she's so. she is so fucking sweet to him. And this like like Rory can't believe it. And so she stays the night over there. And the next morning, um, Lorelai calls and she's like, yeah, grandma was super nice about it, actually. I was but shocked. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was shocked. And then. As soon as Lorelai's like, okay, well, just put her on the phone. I want to say hi. Emily starts digging in with, how could you let her date that criminal? Criminal. Yeah. <laughs> criminal. Yeah. He came in here with a black eye. <laughs> Worst manners I've ever seen. <laughs> Monosyllabic, you know. That monosyllabic little shit. Like, <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> and what I love about it is that, like, you can tell that she's just like, I've been holding this in for like 48 hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like a fire hose. I just can't wait until I could talk to Lorelai separately because I'm going to yeah. tell her. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but so then. Jess gets back to the diner and Luke sees him and Luke's like, no, you're going to tell me like what happened. Like uh, you, you, you might be able to not tell other people, but you're going to tell me. <laughs> and he goes, it was a swan. <laughs> and Luke's like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> he, He's like, he got beaked in the eye. <laughs> he was walking over the bridge and the swan attacked his ass. And then they have this scene where the two of them are in a boat trying to oh. track down the swan. He's got a ladle he's going to hit it with. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? <laughs> not going to do anything. What, you're going to ladle him? Oh, uh, Luke's like, oh, yeah, that, that swan's a real badass, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and then he tries to... Um, explain him how to to him how to fix things with rory and then he's he's trying to tell her the truth because she's a little bit you know but he can't he still can't quite do it he claims he he was throw playing catch and got hit with a football mm -hmm. <laughs> he's like it's embarrassing you can't laugh at me and then says that you know like that could be embarrassing enough the swan thing though rory would never let go of <laughs> No. <laughs> and he knows it you know <laughs> and then they Lorelai have... would know, know about it within 15 minutes too and then Lorelai wouldn't let it go ever ever <laughs> ever yeah so Lorelai and Rory have this awkward conversation about when and if she's ready to have sex and Rory makes the unkeepable promise which is to tell her before she does it which is like no <laughs> what <laughs> Why would she even like would you, the would idea you that just promise no. me you'll tell me before you decide to do it? No, <laughs> I won't do that. Why would I tell you? No, absolutely not. 
This is <laughs> it's, it's okay well, if you don't tell me before or after, honestly. I'll be okay. Um, le- literally, le- this goes back to what we were talking about pretty early on, like in this series, where I'm like, there's just bound like there are certain boundaries, my dude. Like, absolutely not. Like, that's not something that no, that's not something I want to share. <sighs> Yeah. Like, 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 like if Lorelai told Rory about her first time, I'd be a little bit like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Maybe no, I don't mean, share I, that. I, that, that I wouldn't see as that bad. If, 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 you know, if a, if a, if a child wanted to know, you know, um, then I, then right. Then like fine. if a child asked because they were curious, you could give right. the answer, but they if you were just like offering or, or, that up as a know, piece or of they were, they were, they were trying no. to, they were seeking advice about how they, you know how they would know when they're ready or whatever. I can see having that conversation. It's a little awkward, but you might still have that. But the whole asking her to tell her before she does it thing, that's just ridiculous. That's never going to happen. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know know what I mean? This this isn't advice or whatever. This is like, you want to control when she does it. And that's not going to happen. Forget that. (laughs) No. So in the next one, um, Lorelai's planning uh, the Dosi's family reunion with Taylor, and Taylor's mm-hmm. talking about the big hockey team making it to the regional finals for the first time since he was, led them there when a puck flew off his head and into the net for the win. <laughs> <laughs> and Dosi is losing his mind about this. He is. <laughs> He's made the entire town care. <laughs> yeah. About the hockey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Rory and Lorelai just have to get out of dinner quickly because they they want they, they have plans. And her plan is to go out with Jess, who stands her up. <laughs> he doesn't call or whatever. Um, and Which goes back to when Lorelai was like, you know, it's about time that Rory had a Jess. Like, <laughs> Right. Um, he didn't call not because he's doing anything nefarious he just took an extra shift at walmart and didn't get off until really late (laughs) um the uh but the you know the whole not calling thing becomes a theme we the cutaways in this are so funny i can't even like this this one this episode's really funny the 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 uh the, the guys are trying to practice this christian song and Zach is <laughs> Zach's like changing the words because he doesn't. He's like, that's not he's even like, a real word. What the hell is a bulwark? I'm not. I'm not. And he's like, it's a wall. He's like, a wall. Well, why don't they just say wall? <laughs> he's like, I'm changing it. He like starts. He starts changing the hymns. And yeah. then, and then they the, like David later talking outside the garage. By the time they come back, they they start doing the song together, and then he's singing this whole different set of lyrics for the song. <laughs> it's a hymnal. And he's made up new lyrics. Like, <laughs> I loved it. And then um, it, it it cuts away to the hotel and the dozies are showing up, right? Mm-hmm. And and Michelle's at the desk and this old man, this is the, the, the old man is the one that killed me. He's like, are you French? <laughs> he's like, yes. You know, and then the old, he's like, you know, don't talk to me like that, Frenchie. You, you know, if I hadn't come over in World War II, you'd be speaking German right now. <laughs> he just laid into Michelle. like, <laughs> And Michelle didn't do anything. anything. Yeah, Not he just thing. laid into him for being French. Like, yeah. You know what? 
this is exactly why Michelle is how Michelle is, you know, like, <laughs> like that happens. And it, it almost explains a little bit Michelle where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to make the effort to be nice because sometimes I just get handed this. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's nothing I can do with this guy. He's a total yeah. dick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, Emily like pops up and Lorelai's like, mom, why are you here? She's like, I've been banished from my own home. Gran has, you know, she's redecorating the place or whatever. <laughs> right. And no, she's preparing for a meeting of her friends that night. Yeah. Yeah. And so Lorelai like, can't be there. I mean, so Emily can't be there. And so then we, we go and Jess hasn't called again. And Lorelai forces Rory. She's like, you have to get out of the house. You can't stay. You what, know, you're going to be the guy nights girl? in a row. You not can't Friday, Saturday. Yeah, you can't do it two nights in a row. There's a hockey game. Go to that. Lane's there, you know. And so this sets up probably the funniest thing I've ever seen, which is Kirk being a hockey announcer. And <laughs> the, the first thing he says, and this may not catch you because you don't do sports, but no, I don't. he says, uh, three minutes to go in the first quarter. I mean, period. <laughs> this and one why, has periods. Yeah. <laughs> well, why that's funny is that hockey is divided into three periods of time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it can't be a quarter because that would be four <laughs> periods <Yeah>. of time. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. in like one, two, three. Yeah. yeah so we're so in the, the third period. Three yeah. periods because there's not three. It would be thirds. Maybe you could say that, but, <laughs> but not, uh, quarters so like the first thing he says that and, and like he's getting all he gets all hung up on the period thing a couple different times <laughs> mm -hmm. which i just keep i'm like so basically from the get-go as we hear kirk is an announcer we know he doesn't know jack shit about hockey right what i love about him is he starts he starts saying where the puck is about to go right and dean has to go over there and be like hey Leanne, listen the guys a lot of the guys not me mind you um they're they're saying they're gonna kick your ass if you don't shut up so <laughs> they're gonna rip your head off and he says <laughs> and then kurt goes uh, uh, okay uh, <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna you know tone it back now or something he like just like he immediately, mm -hmm. he immediately changes his until the game's over and they've lost and mm -hmm. then he says <laughs> well they didn't make they didn't make the victory big victory happen after their first trip to the regional semifinals in 40 years they probably won't be back for a long time some of these people will probably be dead before they make it back again <laughs> i know i will <laughs> like... <laughs> you know so at the hockey match, Rory is up there with Lane, who's with her Korean boyfriend, who's not really her boyfriend. He's talking to his mm -hmm. girlfriend the whole time on a cell phone. Yeah, and then the 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 girl that he's talking to, like his real girlfriend, is like getting jealous, right? Like, <laughs> right. And so's Dave. At some point, they're in the snack line, and like she's on the phone with. Yeah this guy's girlfriend and she's like no he's a really great guy like i understand why you like him but like i don't personally like him because once again i have a boyfriend and this one's yours and i have one of my own um and like the girl starts yelling at him and she's like no i'm not saying that like he's ugly i'm just saying that like i have a okay like, <laughs> yeah well then uh, of course dave and zach and brian are playing the gig over at mrs kim's right <laughs> And so they're on their set break and Dave runs over to the hockey rink 
just mm-hmm. so he can say hi. And she realizes that, he, oh, he got jealous too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. that's really cute. Yeah. That's, I've never had a boy be jealous over, over me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then and they run into Lindsay, who is like a friend that we've never met before, who used to go to high school with Rory before she moved to Chilton and who yeah. is now very cold to her. And she tells Lane and Lane's like, well, I didn't really keep up with her. You know, I'm, she was your friend, not mine, you know. And mm-hmm. um, and then she sees Dean and her kiss in between. She's periods. like, oh, that's why. Like, that's that why she was cold to me. She's now Dean's new girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then um, Emily, we go back over there and she catches Grand kissing some some old man. And yeah. she decides that she's going to use it as leverage a little later. She, and, here's the thing. She was like, oh, I'm going to use that as leverage. And then she's like, no, I won't. And then Grand starts talking shit. Well, and Lorelai talked her out of it, actually. Yeah. 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 So Lorelai talks her out of it and she's like, okay, I won't use it. And then Grand starts talking shit in front of everybody there. And Emily just can't help herself. <laughs> she blurts it out in front of everyone. And he, she was kissing so a man upset. in a track suit. Yeah. 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 Richard's like, was he really wearing a tracksuit? And he starts laughing, you know, like. (laughs) Because the idea of Grand kissing someone in a tracksuit is very funny. And then. (laughs) And the idea of Emily hiding in the bushes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Makes him laugh even more. Well, and then what happens is that, you know, Emily and Grand have a heart to heart. And, And I think that this is kind of an important moment because. It's that it's like that hint that Gran and Emily are doing this thing that Lorelai and Emily kind of need to do too, right? So yeah. um basically Gran is talking about like missing her dead husband. And Emily says, Listen, I miss my husband all the time. He's working all the time. There are very few things I have, and you keep taking them away from me. So like stop. <laughs> yeah. And they 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 find sort of it feels like they're gonna find a truce, yeah, somewhere in there, somewhere in there. It's not it's not like they walk away friends, right? It's like they walk away with like a little bit more of understanding for one another. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Kind of like Paris and uh, Rory for at first, right? Yeah, when they, yeah, for sure. So we, when we go to the uh, big one, which is the next one, uh, the the we're, this episode we're waiting for the mail because we're waiting to get our. Uh, our, acceptance our, our college acceptance packet, right? And and Kurt comes up and he starts going through <laughs> and he's like opening his own mail. At he the doesn't box. pre-sort the mail. He just got no. it all stacked in a bag and he's like looking for the, he looks through each piece to figure out what needs to go in their box. And then he goes to the mm-hmm. next house, which is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> and then like a little later, Kirk is in the, uh, in Dosey's market in the floor with the mail. <laughs> <laughs> And and people are getting pissed, right? Right. <laughs> that cracked me up. He's like slapping their hands as they try to reach for the mail. That's a federal offense. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it's mine. <laughs> as if he wouldn't be totally fired for doing yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, they're going to have a speech contest at Chilton. And Paris wants to beat Rory, but Rory doesn't even want to enter until Paris mouths off to her about it. (laughs) And then Rory gets this lighter in her eyes and she's like, I'm going to destroy you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And they end up tied, right? Yeah. Um, 
and, and and of course uh they end up tied and the headmaster makes them like share the speech is the deal right mm-hmm. and so um we cut away to Suki, who uh, is pissed off because all the food's getting sent back, and she can't figure out. She's like, "It tastes fine," and Lorelai takes a bite, and she's like, "Oh no, honey! Like, no, it does not. What some, is going some, on? Something is wrong." With this. And then she finds out that she's pregnant, and it's <laughs> fucking with her taste buds. Yeah. So, um, I um, I love that because it keeps running through the whole episode with Jackson. He's like, "Oh boy." <laughs> He's like, like he's like there he's got like a calculator and he's going mm-hmm. through all the price of, of things and what it's gonna cost. To have, oh, have a boy. child, yeah. He wants to build onto the house. Oh boy, you know. Like yeah. <laughs> So that was pretty funny. Um but then well, we Which is funny because he's like it's clear like they've talked about kids before, they've talked about the timeline before. You can assume that they're trying because it's a thing they've mentioned. Right. But it, he didn't expect but it to happen just that didn't... fast. Yeah. yeah, and now he's like, "Oh, right." Theoretically, this seemed fine, but now I'm a little bit like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> yeah, and it's only going to get worse, Jackson. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah. So um, Paris comes over to practice with the for the t- for the thing that she said she didn't need to practice for, but really, what she needs to do is talk to Rory as a friend again because she's gotten over her like thing because she has nobody to talk to. And yeah. she wants to talk about Jamie and the fact that they had sex. And um, and Rory, you know, admits to her that she hasn't, you know. And mm-hmm. Lorelai overhears all that, right? And mm-hmm. then acts like she came in after it. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And be, and she's super happy. She's like, you're the best daughter <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> um, so that like that sometimes was, parents say things and you're just like, okay, Lorelai, like you shouldn't praise her for not having sex over some other girl. That's not okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, but she also like, she was so afraid that she, you know, would do what she did, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, um, we, we go to the actual speech and Paris is very late and she doesn't show and they're, and Rory's a little freaked out. And then Paris finally shows up. Only she's not dressed nicely. She looks like she just rolled out of bed, and her hair's disheveled. And and they go up to the to the thing. And Rory starts. They have their own lecterns. And they're supposed to go back and forth. Rory starts mm-hmm. the speech. Paris doesn't say her part, so Rory says it for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and then they get to the end of the speech, and Paris finally speaks and says, like in a rant that she got rejected by Harvard and she has basically a breakdown at the, yeah. <laughs> and starts talking about having sex. And that's when Rory pulls her off the, the yeah. stage because <laughs> they're on C-SPAN, right? Yeah. 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 And um, that's why the speech was a big deal is because it's broadcast on C-SPAN. <laughs> right. Um, and honestly, here's the thing. Like, obviously I didn't see Paris Geller's Harvard application. But it is this lack of emotional control and tendency towards um, losing her goddamn mind that probably kept her from getting into Harvard in the first place. Well, we find that out in the next episode because she had recorded her Harvard interview (laughs) and she plays a little piece of it where she's losing her damn mind over a little rant during the interview. And she's like, I found the moment where I lost Harvard and she plays it and you're like, oh, yep. 
That that's is the, that's, that's it. <laughs> that's the moment where you lost Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, I, I think it all comes down to um, we get back to the end and they open up the mail and there are big college envelopes in their mailbox. There's Princeton, there's Harvard, and there's Yale. And she's gotten in. To all of them, yeah. <laughs> to all of them. Yeah. You know? Um, and uh, Lorelai uh, ended up kissing Max in the coat room, which we shouldn't leave out um, in that episode because <laughs> she ran into him. Lorelai made yet another bad decision. Bad decision. No one is surprised. Don't talk to Max in person because Max likes you still, obviously. Don't talk to Max in person because you're impulsive enough to not care that he still likes you. And that you're just going to break his heart again because he's you don't love him. You, you yeah. just like him. And yeah. that's not going to work. Not going to work because he wants to be with you for the rest of his life. And you just like don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a, pay, a tale of pose and fire, right? Mm -hmm. So they're, they're working on making pro and con lists because uh, of where she's going to go to college, and yeah. which is what they do. And Kirk comes into the diner while they're doing a pro and con list with T-shirts he's selling. This mm -hmm. leads me to my favorite thing, which is that he has pulled little sayings from town and put them on the shirts. <laughs> I yes, desperately... I desperate in a desperate way want in the size that fits me a shirt that says Babette ate oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never wanted something like this is the weirdest thing to want, but mm -hmm. he was selling Babette hate oatmeal t-shirts <laughs> throughout the episode. And the funny thing is the Edgar Poe society is at the hotel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Michelle would like them not to procreate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> michelle has a point <laughs> i love it when they're at the at, at miss patty's and they're performing the the guys performing the raven and everybody's like when's this going to be over you know and then mm -hmm. the next guy comes up and she says we get a, an opportunity to compare and contrast two different presentations of the raven and it's like wait we're gonna see it again <laughs> twice yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then outside the place, this is another great Kirk moment, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> outside the place, Kirk is selling shirts and, and one of the Poes comes out, one of the Edgar Allan Poe people. People, yeah. And, and Kirk asks him how to have a career as a Poe. He's like, well, it's really not a career. It's just a hobby. You know, we like to do this on the weekends. He's like, yes, but I want to know how do I have a career as a Poe? because <laughs> i have a career at everything and i think i could maybe add that to the list this seems it seems weird that i'm not doing your weird thing i do so many weird things <laughs> how, do I, how do i have a career as a bow uh, 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 when, when they were writing that in the writing room there had to be like a, 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 it probably took him 30 minutes to get it written into the typewriter. 
I think what I love about that is like I I think that really what it was was like maybe they were bouncing around the idea of Kirk already being in the post society, and then they were like, wait, no no no, let's what have him if? selling shirts. What if he's selling shirts this episode? Let's not have him related to the post society. And they're like, well, you know, if we we did that, we would want to make him one of the Edgar Allan Poe impersonators, right? And then they were like seems like one of the odd jobs he'd have and then they probably were like is that even a job (laughs) (laughs) right how do you how how did they get to there i i I, want to interview them just to ask you know yeah and then they were like you know what we could (laughs) 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 Oh my God! So uh, apparently, Jess is employee of the month at Walmart, and uh, Luke gets invited to go <laughs> to the presentation. <laughs> and he's giving Jess so much shit about it. And then there's another thing that happens here, where Jess's manager mentions, like, "Oh yeah," and he's picked up all those shifts. 45 hours a week at least (laughs) Mm -hmm. and luke does the math and he goes "Hmm, where have you found 45 hours a week at least you've been working at the diner and going to school wait maybe you haven't been going to school you haven't (laughs) been going to school yeah yeah which is a huge deal yeah such a big deal. So then something bad happens and the Independence Inn catches on fire. Yeah. And um, since there's a fire, they have all these people that are displaced from the Post Society and they need to give them, take them somewhere for breakfast. So Suki takes over Luke's kitchen mm-hmm. <laughs> to make him breakfast. Yeah. Which, you know, Luke is not all that thrilled with, but he can't say no to Lorelai. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like oh well i guess i have the day off i'll go upstairs mm-hmm. um, um and they um th- so then rory goes to find paris because she hasn't been at school for days because she's and that's when that's crisis. when she hears the little recording and tries to, and tells her she has to come back to school yeah and like, um hey you have to move on from this it'll be all right yeah that's why you had safety schools and so they looked at the, uh, they were looking at their pro con lists and Lorelai's like, I've looked at the list too, honey. There's nothing more to add. It's Yale. And she's mm-hmm. like, what? It's always been Harvard though. And she's like, yeah, but the Yale list is three times longer than, for the pros than the other schools. So it's Yale. And she's like, but it can't be Yale. You know, my wall says Harvard. And she says, your wall says we, the Harvard marketing department made a lot of money off of us. and uh and she's like are you sure you're okay with it you were the one that was against yale or whatever and she's like yes it it's the right choice like it doesn't matter all all of that stuff the right choice going forward is all that matters you know like uh, do i want you to have a like a harder time in college just because of some age-old vendetta no no, but we did the pros and cons list, and I can see categorically <laughs> that one is going to be better for you. And the main <laughs> reason is because it's closer. You know, it works out better. Well, it wasn't just that the journalism 
department is better too. Was better yeah. for her, right? Like it, it offered a lot of the things that she wanted, like and, and a lot more yeah. of the things she wanted. Well, yeah. that was like I remember, I remember a similar. Obviously, it wasn't fucking similar. It wasn't accepted. I didn't even apply to Harvard and Yale. But um, <laughs> similarly, one of the things that I did when I was looking at colleges um, was I visited. IU and I talked to one of the professors of their journalism department and part of the reason I didn't go to a school that costs like 30,000 more a year um is because when I was talking to them they said that they were rebuilding their media school like they the, from the ground up the entire media building was being reconstructed so for the first 2 years of my degree I would have been in, going to classes in a construction zone um, and then I looked at the plans for what they were doing their, with their media department, and they were just bringing it up to the standard that Ball State's media department had been in for the last 10 years. Well, they were trying to bring it up to that standard. Yeah, but... they were They were basically <laughs> like Ball State, the college I went to has like a multimedia journalism, fully functioning newsroom where like the mm. like newspaper, magazine, um, public access news show, like a uh, podcast network, like every student journalism outlet, except for like WCRD, the radio station lived within that one United media lab. So like uh, that program <laughs> had an intense amount of resources that the one at IU was just now putting into place and basically it wouldn't even be like a comparable standard of media school for like multimedia journalism for another two years. And then it would have just been kind of like comparable. Um, it would have been starting actually. Yeah, I mean, it would have been yeah. like the beginning of a program. And so it was like that. And I talked to one of the professors on campus that had te taught journalism there for years. And I specifically asked him about like two programs that I knew Ball State has had for a very long time. And it was um, basically their immersive learning curriculum, right? So like at Ball State, where I ended up going, a big part of their curriculum is like, you're being taught by past journalists, like from an NBC and a like all these different newspapers and, and most of your professors have been in the field for like, they did the practical application and part of your degree is a required immersive learning for an entire year. You have to do like, I think it's like nine credit hours one year um, mm -hmm. of like this immersive learning curriculum. And that was important to me that I like actually made like real world connections because college is fucking expensive. And if you don't make connections in college, you're wasting money. Um, so I asked the IU like head of the journalism department, we had like a one-on-one -on -one meeting in his office. And I remember asking him like, well, so one of the things I've been looking at at Ball State is that they do the BSU at the games where you go and cover the Olympics for the summer. Um, does IU have programming like that? And he was like, what do you mean? Like we have study abroad. And I'm like, I'm not talking about study abroad. I'm talking about like immersive like, is there an immersive journalism program where I'm going to be guided for an entire semester in like a real, real world environment? And he was like, not particularly like you can do that on your own, I guess, like an internship. <laughs> and he like didn't even know what I was talking about. I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound like it's worth $40,000 a year. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. so 
So I was like, you know, I had a lot of like, I remember my radio and TV professor specifically was like, well, I use a great school. Like it's world renowned. Like you leave Indiana, nobody's going to know what Ball State is. And I remember being like, I don't really give a shit. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I don't think, I don't think I'm willing to pay that much more for a name, you know, like, and especially, you know, I was like, I think my prospects are going to go a lot further if I have like practical connections than if i like i'm just going off of the name of a university like their alumni network isn't going to be so awesome either because well, my program I mean, is you know the up. thing is that ball state's name in that field is a lot better than it than it was 25 years ago yeah you know? for sure and, and and that's because you know david letterman went to ball state and david letterman has been you know. huge for ball state's image well uh, you know it's like he said for any it, image he i mean he's ball one of the state university ever, you know? president obama <laughs> like former president obama he was in an interview and he was like so you went to harvard and president obama was like yeah where did you go to college and he goes oh i went to the harvard of muncie uh, i went to ball state university in, in indiana <laughs> <laughs> Well, so. you know, I mean, David Letterman is one of the all-time biggest TV stars. Yeah. You know, like um it, it's you know, there there's a there's a an echelon that he reached that is, you know, just the very top, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and um and that that presence that he's brought to the school because of it is, you know, just very influential. Well, and so we talk about we, so, you know, we we had a history of we had a lot of history of journalism courses, or they they used like practical historic examples when they were teaching our courses, and like Edward R. Murrow is a name that like any journalism student knows, and I feel like in you know fifteen twenty years, although like David Letterman didn't cover World War Two with natural sound <laughs> during like the bombing of London, like the London no. Blitz. Um, he did do coverage that is that culturally significant, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, the thing is that, um, the, the late night television was, um, you know, ruled by George Allen, Johnny Carson, David Letterman, Jay Leno, and now Jimmy Fallon, Yeah, you know? Um, and so it's like that these are people that for decades, like everybody knows who they are. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and yeah. so that's a, um, you know, uh, that that's a big list on the pros, right? So they went through their pro and con list. And then I love that when they come back to the uh, R- Rory walking in that Lorelai has snuck into her room and replaced all the Harvard with Yale stuff, mm-hmm. including the pro con list right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. what I love about that is it's just it's so supportive you know, like, mm-hmm. like, yeah. like it, it, it's supportive in the exact way that Rory like couldn't have known she needed. Yeah. And, and, and when, um, when they go in the start of the next episode to Richard and Emily's, I love it. <laughs> she, she tells them that she's decided to go to Yale. They think she's fucking with them. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Oh, that's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah. Sure. You're going to Yale. Yeah. And and she's like, no, I'm actually going to Yale. We looked at the pros and cons list. Yale won. We're going to Yale, you know. And then they finally are like, she's going to Yale. <laughs> like it finally has to dawn on them. It takes several yeah. attempts. <laughs> 
because they were thinking about the outburst at Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, of course we're cutting back and forth to several things. And one of them is like the picking up the pieces at the end and we get to meet Tobin, the night manager that Michelle hates. Mm -hmm. And you know, the truth is Tobin's really annoying, yeah. <laughs> at least to me, you know, Here, here's he, my he, thing. Mm -hmm. I understand that Tobin is like supposed to be kind of annoying, but I can't imagine a night manager at an inn being any less annoying than Tobin. <laughs> right. Michelle like despises him with all of his heart. Mm -hmm. And he's also jealous of him because he thinks Lorelai likes him better, which just isn't true. No. <laughs> Lorelai does not like Tobin better. Of course yeah. Lorelai doesn't like Tobin better. If Lorelai liked Tobin better, Tobin would be on the morning shift. Tobin would be the day manager, which is the real yeah. management of the hotel. Right. And, yeah. and and the true thing about it is is like Lorelai spends every single day with Michelle. Lorelai likes Michelle. Lorelai likes hanging out with Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> right. But Michelle has, you know, his own little issues and he's yeah. concerned that she likes him better. Yeah. You know, and, and then the birthday gift thing was really hilarious, right? Mm -hmm. Like she gets, he, Michelle gets something sent over from, you know, Geneva or hell, I don't know where, somewhere else in Europe, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's not something you could just pick up at the store, right? And, and Tobin's like, I've got one more thing for you. And pulls out like the jacket worn by a member of the Clash. Which <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is totally a one, you know, <laughs> item, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so like, he's like, I'll be back because he's going to go try to find something else. I thought that was funny. Mm -hmm. Um but so it's Lorelai's birthday in this episode, which I, I you know, brings together all kinds of fun stuff. One is mm -hmm. Rory, Rory's trying to get the birthday cake and she says, yes, it needs to say happy 16th birthday, Lorelai. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. And yeah. then um, um, she leaves a bunch of cookies on the table spelling out happy birthday, Lorelai. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And Luke is over because Luke's gift is to do her whole list of to-dos for her birthday every year, right? Mm -hmm. And he's over and she's like, she eats one of the cookies off the table and then grabs the box of cookies and puts another one back. And he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm replacing the cookie I ate. And she, he's like, well, if you're going to eat one, why not just eat it out of the box? Well, because I, it was too pretty to had to leave this one on the table. I had to, you know, like yeah. <laughs> it was a whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, and um, of course, Luke leaks out that he's going to meet Nicole's parents on this, on this, you know, in a and Lorelai is a little bit like, right. Right. Yeah. She's a little, yeah, she's, she's, she's concerned. He's like, I forgot I was in love with you. I'm so sorry. Um, pause while I decide whether or not I care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Richard calls Lorelai. Uh, well, Richard's secretary calls to set up a lunch. And um, apparently he made an investment with Lorelai's name on it when she was born. Mm -hmm. And it like it got sold. And so now she got $75,000 that he has to give her. Yeah. And um, so Which that's a big thing. She gets to do the in. Well, that's not what she says at first, right? She right. gets to pay off Emily and Richard, which pisses Emily off. <laughs> and so she pays them off. 
And uh, Emily is like, you know, yeah, I guess you don't need us anymore, you know. And they were trying to get out of there anyway because Rory had the big world's giant pizza like built yeah. for her. Well, yeah. it was supposed to be the world's largest pizza, but that was incredibly too big. So mm-hmm. that led, led actually as they're making this pizza, you know, we shouldn't gloss over it because it's so funny. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make the world's largest pizza or at least the biggest one in the county's ever seen. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and, um, they, they make a prototype and it's going to be transported on top of Kirk's car, <laughs> but, but Kirk doesn't build it good enough and it breaks and the hot cheese lands on him and burns him really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a couple of, like, this isn't the only funny injury in the show. Like that one cracked me up. But then the other one was Paris comes back to school with this big thing on her nose mm-hmm. because Rory told her to go out and do something different. And, and she, she like gets <laughs> a nose piercing and it gets, it gets like, she has like a bad really? reaction. Yeah, she it's like infected, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she has this giant bandage on her nose. So we have all that going on. And uh, <laughs> so um, in the midst of it, Luke is looking out at Jess and catches him like uh, not going to school. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then t- confronts him about it. And he says, I've got it under control. I'm going enough or whatever. And... Um, so as we get down to the nitty gritty here, Luke steals his car, which we mm-hmm. don't know that at the time, but that's what happens. <laughs> Somebody stole my car. Who would even steal that car? It's like, you know what? Just you were going to school, right? You don't need the car to get to school. Just walk on over there. I'll file a police report. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Emily was upset because she thinks that Lorelai and Roy will never want to come visit anymore because they no longer have an obligation and Rory was actually upset about it too as they left because Mm -hmm. she's like why did you have to do that that way why did you have to do it at all you know and Mm -hmm. she was like because I owed them and I don't want to owe them I'm not going to owe them I told them I would pay them back I didn't want to borrow the money in the first place I had no other choices you know (laughs) And, and you know she's like I've been under their thumb this whole time it is, I, I, you know, I, I don't, people can't be mad at me for giving them their money back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I totally saw both sides of it. it Lorelai didn't see both sides of it at all, but Rory did, you know, if, if Lorelai had just said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to give you your money back and we can be paid up and we'll see you next Friday. Right. Like if she said that, Problem solved. But she didn't want to come every Friday. No. It doesn't mean she won't come, but she doesn't want to have to come every Friday. <laughs> That's basically what she's saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um, she is saying that. Like, she really is, because she really doesn't want to. Like, mm-hmm. it's a pain in her ass to come there every Friday. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Um, and so, you know, I, I understand. I mean, you know, it's like coming every single week and never being like, uh, you know, I, I, her problem is that, you know, she doesn't recognize that, hey, you don't have to go every week. Now that you're not obligated, you could actually call and say, hey, you know what? I've got this thing this week. We're not going to come. We're, we'll be there next week. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and instead, 
but but you know instead she's like nope she's gonna hold it over my head every time so now you know <laughs> i just want to be out of the obligation mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean yeah and, and it's like you know it's okay to come and steadily have a, a setup time it's fine then you just if you can't you cancel <laughs> it's not yeah. the end of the planet you know mm-hmm. but it would be because emily couldn't quite handle it <laughs> if she if they canceled yeah. <laughs> you know but i do love that they turn around after they're they finally get it solved and there's a fucking crane bringing in the pizza <laughs> <laughs> well we can't do it on kirk's car <laughs> you know it was huge she's like what is that she's like that's the world's largest pizza almost <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing wait a minute what happened to kirk <laughs> <laughs> although i do love the one scene where um Rory comes in and, and they're like saying, we can't do it. What if we did a bunch of little pizzas? And Rory goes on a rant like, no, we, we couldn't do the big world's biggest pizza because that's just ridiculous. But we could do a very big pizza and that's what we're going to do. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and Kirk, you know, he, 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 she made this rant about, um, you know, um, Meryl Streep and Leonardo DiCaprio and, the, and being in different versions of the same movie. Right. Right. And, and then. And Kirk gets it all mixed up and he's like, somehow I still can't picture Meryl Streep with Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) That's his takeaway from the whole rant. Yeah. I can't picture Meryl Streep Streep with Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because, you know, he's sitting there burnt to a crisp. and 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 right now he's getting a lecture about mini pizzas versus big pizzas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He tried to build a structure on top of his car and it wasn't quite structurally sound. I just, I love that it was not structurally sound in a way that had a specific, drastic, and painful impact. <laughs> well, of course. Kirk yeah. was doing it. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kirk. So that's it for this week. It is. And but thank you, you a, guys you for listening with us. You get to watch yeah. more episodes this week, Bailey. I do. I do get to watch more yeah. episodes this week. Are you going to be able to record next week? Um. Yeah. I would prefer not to, if that's all right. Oh, okay. Because I have that night visitors. train. Well, yeah. I won't have visitors, but I will have to leave for the night train. And uh, um, I'm on the night train. Yeah. Follow like I. Yeah. Like I'll have to be prepared to go get that train. So well, I you know I think we have a week buffer, so we should be okay. Okay, well that's good because yeah. next the Sunday after that is Christmas. Yeah, well you know we'll we'll land in that general vicinity. We're always a couple weeks behind here at Family Rebel. Yeah. <laughs> Production time and such. Yeah. But um, that's cool. All right. Well, we will chat next uh, two weeks from Sunday. I love you. Two weeks from Sunday. I love you. Thank you for being a part of the Family Rabble podcast with Joe Shelton and Bailey Shelton. Join us next time for more fun episodes.